Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, we are live. Today we have with us Jason Jones. Jason is a former bank manager and financial planner who got sick and broke and was out of work, heard Kiyosaki on the radio, and then went on to buy 30 house rentals in three years using various creative financing strategies. And in addition to that, has wholesaled about 400 houses. Um, Jason, that is an awesome story. So I'm, I, I'm excited to jump into the meat of it. Thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks, Gabe. And great to be here. Uh, hey, listen, uh, first thing I got to say is uh, nothing in, you, you don't get anything in life without rolling up your sleeves and a whole lot of work, right, Gabe? Absolutely. Just to, uh, just just to be clear to all the listeners out there, a lot of hard work and graft and hustle. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, for no, sure. uh, no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. That's for sure. <laughs> Not at all. Um, and I like that you got started with uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book. That seems to be a common theme here on uh, real estate investing club. So um, before we get started, like, why don't you just take us into your story? You know, where are you uh, and how did you get started in real estate in the first place? Yeah, well, so, okay, so uh, born and raised in the UK, was working at a bank, working very long hours, uh, as I'm sure our readers, you know, listeners can uh, relate to. Got to a point where basically I felt like I couldn't really do any more to be able to earn any more. And so decided to leave the bank and uh, got hired by a little private boutique uh, company doing financial planning that was uh, owned by a husband and wife couple that were British, had lived in the US for a long time and had come back to the UK. And so I was young and naive enough. And over the course of lunch, they offered me this job and said to me, what do you think about going to the States? And so I'd never ever been before, but it sounded exciting. And I think there was was an air of excitement and terror at the same time. (laughs) As they Um, all often go together, right? Excitement and terror. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't know what was in front of me. And I took a leap of faith, hopped on a plane and ended up in uh, San Francisco before finally uh, landing in a place called Marina del Rey. Oh, yeah. And making more the irony is making more money than i'd ever made in my life before making about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, had the convertible cast out the front and life was peachy gabe uh, i thought i thought i'd made it you know that mm. thing they call the american dream <laughs> yeah. um, and 150 well in san francisco that that bet it didn't feel like too much but um I, I, before you go forward with your story i'm gonna ask can you just shut off your video um we're getting a little sure. choppy audio here so i want to you know retain your voice and uh, and we'll sacrifice okay. the video okay um are we good gabe yep we're good yeah yeah so you know the irony in all of this is 
that I, I came to learn that I had one stream of income and what happened is life was good and I was complacent in that I thought I had everything figured out. I met my wife through a mutual friend who set us up on a blind day and uh, she was a struggling school teacher working in the Los Angeles Unified School District and and um, anyway, we, I had a July 4th party. This was July the 4th of 2003. And I always tell people it was a good party, but it wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I woke up on July the 5th, my whole life was about to change. And I can tell you, I absolutely wasn't ready for it. I was terrified because I woke up almost completely paralyzed and unable to get out of bed. Oh, geez. And... Yeah, and, it's, and nobody, like none of the doc, regular mainstream doctors could figure out what was wrong with me. Well, what I knew was that if I couldn't go to work on Monday, guess what happened to that $150,000 a year job? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so my wife and I had what we affectionately call a come to Jesus meeting, uh, <laughs> which... Uh, for anybody that's not familiar with it, it's where you sit down and you have a, a really brutally honest, heartfelt conversation about the need to do something different than what we were doing. My wife had had an interest in real estate. I, I dabbled around with it, but nothing significant. And one day on the radio, I have to give my wife all the credit for this. She ends up hearing Kiyosaki on the radio promoting his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She runs out and buys the book, being the school teacher, reads the book very quickly. She's got the highlighter pen out, the post-it notes on all the important sections. And after she gets done reading the book, you know what she wants to do with that book, right, Gabe? <laughs> she wants to give that book to me to oh, read. Of course. <laughs> And I was, uh, to say that I was, I was, let me put it this way. I was arrogant, stubborn, uh, probably had my pride getting in the way because I remember saying to her, oh, I don't need to read this book. I already know all of this. And I married somebody that, you know, I married an equal who doesn't mince her words. And so she said to me, well, if you know all this, how come we're poor and broke? Oh, nice. <laughs> Straight to so, the quick. Yeah. And, 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 you know, she was absolutely right. Sometimes we need to hear, you know, not what we want to hear, but of course, but what we need to hear. And she was right. I read the book. And for everybody that's read that book, what a great book. I, I love all the books that he's written. And, 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 and what was interesting was, is that I was the one that had, taken all the classes to become a certified financial planner. Um, but I only knew what I knew from that. I didn't know anything else about creating multiple um, passive income, you know, leverage. I didn't know any of that. So I thought I did, but I really didn't. And so, and so anyway, after reading the book, we realized, we realized that for us, if we were going to do this, we needed to learn and, you know, this was long enough ago that there was no affectionately uh, become YouTube University. And so my wife found some classes 
and uh, you know we went to the we we went and found the classes and and got to meet Kiyosaki for the first time oh, and Kim cool. and 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 his whole entourage of advisors and better than that Gabe was that he introduced me to his doctor who's still my doctor 17 years later who <laughs> ironically happens to be called Dr Rob as well so it gets kind of confusing <laughs> with all these Roberts um, but he ran so so after the class we stayed we stayed on the the class was in Scottsdale Arizona where uh Kiyosaki lives went and saw the doc he kind of thought he knew what was wrong with me got tested and there was one lab that at that time that really was good at testing for this and it was in San Francisco and it came back that I had a very acute form of Lyme disease. Oof, oof. And yeah, I don't know if any of any of the listeners would have ever, you know, if anybody knows anybody that's had it, but it was bad. I mean, I, you know, psychologically, I was basically a prisoner trapped in my own body. Yeah. My and that, mind, uh, it drains your, I mean, I'm not a, um, doctor at all but i've heard of lyme disease and i and i understand that it really i mean once you have it you're just drained like you can't uh, it sounds uh, like you got stuck in bed and you just couldn't get up yeah basically everything is a big ordeal you're tired all the time everything like physically is a struggle and a strain and and um so i get i got tested and um he had dr robert had two sons that he had cured of limes and he gave me an opportunity, no guarantees. Um, but I basically figured I had nothing to lose. And so for the next 10 months, I did this very aggressive homeopathic sort of botanical uh, protocol. And at the end of the 10 months, it came back negative. And so I, I slowly, took me, took me a few more years, but slowly started to get my uh, health back together. Now, I, I, look, I didn't get it all back. Uh, I, I don't have the boundless amounts of energy that I had before I got it, but I'd say I, I got about 90 to 95% of my health back, and I was just thrilled with that. And it, it's been a work in progress the whole time, Gabe. And so... Yeah, 95, I mean, that is... Uh... I mean, considering that Lyme disease can be, as I understand it, a lifelong um, affliction, getting 95% better is, is can't it's get better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so in the, in the background of, in, in the background of basically um, working towards getting, uh, you know, getting our health back together, we were, we were basically studying like crazy, taking classes uh, my wife's a big note taker and we started to put into practice what we learned and the, the very first strategy that we learned, which is often, you know, where beginners might start was wholesaling. And mm, yep. we, you know, and, and we did it for a simple reason. My credit was crappy. We had a limited amount of funds and we needed you know, a fast way to make some chunk money. And, and that's what we started with. And it, it didn't take very long, actually, because within six months, uh, we realized, and it wasn't like we planned it out, but we woke up one day after about six months and realized we'd made enough that my wife didn't need to go back to work anymore. She could quit her job. 
Very and nice. Six months. That's uh, that's pretty pretty good. What, yeah, uh, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I want to keep it in context just so that people on here don't think it's all pie in the sky, Gabe. Um, she was making about $45,000 a year as a teacher. We were making in the beginning about five. We started off making $5,000 wholesaling. And as we got better, we, we, we moved up to 10 and kind of kept that needle moving up. Um, and then within a year of wholesaling, we basically, we, we had paid off all our bad debts and uh, had accumulated what I call chunk money. And then, and then in the background of that, sort of the ground with six months, we then started learning, you know, foreclosures, pre-foreclosures, creative, creative finance strategies, you know, using other people's credit. I mean, whatever we could do, it wasn't one thing that we did, but we basically not having a lot of money and credit forced us to have to learn how to do it without those things so that then when we did have those things, we could make them go further. So, so anyway, yeah, so within, within three years, we had uh, bought 30 passive income rental properties using none of our own credit because we didn't have any game. <laughs> so, wow, three years, three to 30. Yeah. That, is a, that is a really good um, turnaround time. What, so what market were you working in? Oh, we were we were all over the place. We were in Florida. We were in Las. We were in Vegas, Florida. Where else? Idaho, New Mexico. Um, let's see. Where have I missed anywhere? Wow. Yeah. So we. Yeah, we basically, because of living in LA at the time, and it was just so expensive in LA, uh, we went straight to out of state investing. I'm not saying we were. I'm not saying that we were comfortable with it. It was just more a case that that's what was going to work for us and that's what we needed to do. And, and look, we, had, we were surrounded by mentors, coaches, and we just did what we would, you know, we, we basically became good students where we trusted the process, learned the system, and when we were told to do things, Gabe, we got on with it. I I love that attitude. That is, uh, especially in real estate, because... Um, when you first get started, everything is so overwhelming and you need to just, you know, you need to get a process. You need to choose the first step and you need to focus on that one step until you get there. And then you look at the next step and focus on that. Because I mean, if you look at the entire, you know, if you try to go from zero to 30, I mean, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's an overwhelming idea to, to get it all done like that. So, um, I love the, I mean, I love your guys' story. You did this relatively quickly. Um, so Three or from zero to thirty in three years, you guys have done a lot of wholesales. Um, God, man, there's so many ways I want to take this. Let's first start on uh, just international or um, out of state investing. This is something that a lot of people um, are afraid about because, I mean, including myself, I, I uh, um, will invest in large things like mobile home parks and RV parks out of state, but single family, it's kind of um, I'm always a bit, you know, nervous about because there is that structure that you have to maintain. So, w- what have you kind of found uh, has worked for you in investing out of state? Sure. Well, I, I think I, I think the first thing I want to say is 
that everything we have done has been a process that was laid out in front of us that we understood before we did it, even if, it, even if we didn't understand every aspect of it. Um, and, and Gabe, what I mean by that is we, you know, the wholesaling was a means to an end for us to get started, but it wasn't something that we wanted to do forever. The, the buying, so, so to, to answer that question, what we realized is, is that after owning 30 single family homes, we realized that we didn't want to own 30 single family home rentals. And so within about three years of doing the business and getting trained, we started transitioning into commercial real estate. And we, we, so, so basically we had a, a big portfolio in Vegas. And so we picked those up in 03, we sold them in 06. And then um, we stayed out of the Vegas market from 06 through 2010 and we let it correct. But really, from about the three-year mark on, we stopped buying single-family home rentals. We then started to basically sell those cash out and then started rolling those profits into, my favorite is multifamily and mobile home parks. It's, uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, they're easier to manage. You know, we, it's easier to have one 30-unit building as I'm sure you know, than 30 single-family homes scattered around. Um, but what we learned was, with out-of-state investing, is one of the positives is, is that it forces you to have to build a team. And so I want everyone to know that we didn't do any of this blindly. It was all very well thought out, very meticulous. Um, before we ever invested in an area, we spent time in that area, in that market, building a team, getting to, uh, getting to put the, you know, the people together. And look, I, listen, it's, I can tell everybody the good, bad, and the ugly, because um, if you're in the business for long enough, it's not going to be perfect. I've, I've had a property manager steal money, you know, steal rent money from us. Uh, I've had a property manager tell us that units were empty when they were rented. Oh, and wow. what I learned is that you've really got to build the team. It's critical that I call it OPR, other people's resources, Gabe, and building out and really thinking about, and I got this from Kiyosaki, really thinking about who do you want on your team and having a process in place to like interview, screen them. So like, I mean, if you don't have a good property manager, you're going to get screwed, right? Yeah. I mean, just that's how it is. So, but I, I would say on the most part along the way, we've had a few negative experiences that only taught us to be, that we needed to be better. But on the whole, because of, the training and the processes and the learning and the screening, uh, for the most part, it's, it, it, I would say it's worked out very, very well. But I always tell people, you, you cannot be an absentee landlord and not pay attention and, and know what's going on, right? Yep. 
Yeah, those uh, those absentee landlords are the ones that we buy properties from because uh, I mean I can't tell you the number of times uh, we've you know a landlord has called us from our ad and, and he's just been like oh I just want to get rid of it and we get in a conversation and he's just been like yeah you know I just haven't paid attention to it and now you know this mobile home park there's you know drugs being dealt there's uh, there's just yeah. nobody's paying rent and we're just like well yeah I mean you you haven't paid attention to it so that makes sense. Um, so I mean, to, yeah. To to add to add to what you, you you're saying, what we one of our early apartment complexes that we bought, it wasn't a big property. It was a little eight unit, and we, you know, that property we knew it needed work. It was what we call value added. It was it was a burned out, tired landlord, and one of the things we had to do is there was a dog problem on that. Too many big dogs barking, causing havoc. And so we had to just, we, we got rid of all the tenants, all the dogs. Um, we had to, you know, had to clean up the units, clean up the courtyard, bring in a, a really good property management company. And then gradually, you know, that property, uh, we, you know, night and day difference. And sometimes it's just, sometimes you have to do that. Just get rid of all the riffraff, you know, and, and, and clean house. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so when you, uh, so kind of when you went into your first market international or not, I keep wanting to say internationally, um, it's cause it's cause you have the accent. Uh, right. when you, when you first went into your first out of state market, um, wh- how did you build your team? So what was the first person that you contacted? Was it brokers? Was it, uh, you know, property managers? Yeah. So, so the, the, the first market was Las Vegas. Uh, one of the reasons we we chose that market was its close proximity proximity to LA. Uh, we liked the fact that we could drive there, and and actually after we got things going there, we ended up moving there for a while just because we were so busy with what we were doing in that market. Mm. Um, the a couple of the of the like the trainers for Kiyosaki that we that we got to know uh, ended up, they, they were living out there. And so we got to connect with them, network. They had some resources. And then exactly like you said, we started uh, making connections with realtors, brokers, property management companies. Um, we uh, went to, uh, there was a couple of local like real estate investor association. So we, we basically just did all the above, you know, and slowly bit by bit, we started to build the team. And, and I'm a big advocate. Uh, Gabe, I don't know if you've read the E-Myth, but, you know, Kiyosaki's whole philosophy is I didn't get in. I mean, I need to know a lot of things, but I didn't get into real estate to be the plumber, the electrician, the bookkeeper, and so what I got from Kiyosaki is, was, was the mentality that I didn't need to know everything. I, need, I just needed to know if, if things came up. And for me, a, a big part of it was a, a couple of mentors that I had early on was that I could call and lean on. Um, and, then, and then just try and then find people that were at the, at the top of their game. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I mean, having a mentor, someone who has been there before you is so key. 
I mean, uh, Kiyosaki's book is awesome. I, I, that's actually how I got started too. I, I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and, uh, and it just kind of opened my eyes to what could happen. Um, but you know, books don't, I don't know. There's something about books. They give you the, the information, but it doesn't like, I don't know. It doesn't gel correctly in the brain, but once you get a, a mentor, somebody who's actually done it and they can just kind of fill in the gaps that, you know, you, you know, you, you have the structure from the books and then the right. mentor is going to, is going to guide you. It's going to fill in the gaps and put you on the path, um, that, that you need to be going. So, um, I mean, I, I highly recommend anybody who is listening, watching, they, they're thinking about getting started in real estate, um, find a mentor. We have a coaching program at the real estate investing club. So find somebody who can, uh, who can guide you on that path. Yeah. I, uh, Gabe, I relate it to this. So during COVID, as I'm sure a lot of people out there did, you know, I decided to start a garden. And so uh, we, we decided because we have limited space in SoCal uh, to do a container garden, you know, and we did the best that we could, but I had somebody come over to our house and they didn't charge a whole lot of money, but, you know, they charged me $100 for an hour of their time to tell me what I, what I needed to do and what I was doing wrong. And basically what that does in, in the gardening context that's true for anything is you can try to figure out on that. And some things that I was doing with the gardening worked, but some things didn't and I didn't know. And you can only, like I said, you can only get so much from books or YouTube. And it, it's not that I'm against any of that, not at all. It's, it's that what I've come to realize is I want to get the results in the shortest amount of time possible. And I want to be able to avoid making the most mistakes. I mean, you're, you're going to make mistakes, but if I can cut out a lot of them what, in whatever I do in life, that's my philosophy. And, yeah. and that's my recommendation to whatever they decide to do, right? Yep. Absolutely. It reminds me of uh, that quote. I don't remember who said it. It was like uh, Alexander Hamilton or something, but they said uh, the the guy who stands on the shoulders of giants uh, sees farther than the giants. And so, um, you know, standing on the shoulders of the giant of the of whoever your mentor is and being able to, you know, take advantage of their, their experience um, can get you pretty far. So, uh, Jason, we are at the end of the episode. We have crushed this uh, this 20 minutes, gone right through it. Um, so I am going to have to push us on to the next round, but I have appreciated your conversation and I loved, uh, you know, I loved hearing your story. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, thanks, Gabe. Awesome. So this next round is called the quick question round. It's where I ask quick questions. You give quick answers. It starts with books. We've already talked about a number of books and uh, I always ask your favorite real estate book and your favorite life wisdom book, if you will. Oh, blimey. Um, okay. So whew, that's a good one. Um, well, I, 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 one of my favorite books is it's a very heavy book. Uh, people can now People can now uh, watch it. Um, I think there's a free version on YouTube. Is oh crikey, it's the um, oh um, creature from Jekyll Island is one of my. I don't know if you've read it, Gabe, but the creature mm -hmm. from Jekyll Island is one of my favorite books. And then of course, Think and Grow Rich by you know Napoleon Hill. 
uh, Outwitting the Devil Ooh, by Napoleon Hill. And then, of course, I love, I, I pretty much uh, I'm a fan of all the books that Kiyosaki's written. Awesome. I'm going to have to uh, check out Creature of Jekyll Island. That's a, that's a new it, one for it's me. A, it's a heavy book, but you, if you don't, of course, when I read it, it was only in paperback. But now it's on, there's, there's like a 24 hour recording on YouTube. So that's literally how long it takes to get through that book. But it's a, with what we're going through right now, it's a great book. Awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Um, next question is habits. Habits are the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one habit that you feel has contributed the most to your success, uh, what would that habit be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my wife has trained me very well that. I, I have to have a to-do list. And, you know, if I have to take 15 minutes and write that to-do list and take the time to write it to prepare before I get stuck into anything, yeah, I, I mean, I write and review my to-do list every day. And, you know, of course, when I go throughout the day, I'm crossing stuff off, and then guess what? I'm adding stuff, so it's, it's, it's never-ending, but that I find an enjoyment in writing my list now. Yep. I love it to do this. And, and never quit, you know, never, never quit, never give up. Don't ever take no for an answer. It's like, heck, I remember when I was dealing with some of these commercial uh, real estate brokers on some property, on some bank owned properties, like apartment complexes in Vegas, they never wanted to call me back. So I, I call them 10, 15 times a day if I have to, and I don't care if I have to. You're going to talk to me. Yeah, exactly. And then if that doesn't work, you get in the car, and I drove down to their office and I put myself in front of them. And then guess what? They still didn't treat me very well until I bought the first bank-owned fixer from them. And then they realized that I wasn't all, you know, talk is cheap nowadays. Yep. They realized I was the real deal. And of course that changed everything. So never quit, never give up, but you have to be resilient, right? Absolutely. Never quit is one of my, uh, my favorite life mottos. Just keep going. It, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what you hit, just keep going forward. Exactly. Um, and that kind of, uh, that kind of short changes the next question, which is if you could go to the Jason, um, who was just getting started, you know, maybe working in your corporate job back in the day, go to that Jason, um, walk up to him, look him in the face and give him one piece of advice moving forward in life. What would that be? Oh, that was easy. Get the hell out of the bank. Uh, <laughs> get out of there and do something better for yourself is, is, is what came to mind, Gabe. Um, you know, it's funny because again, when, you know, it's like when you work for somebody, it, it's not like working for yourself is always great. Of course not. You know what I mean by that, but Hey, better that you work for yourself and, and you get the fruits of it all. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's definitely not easy and it's definitely the past less traveled, but yeah, get out of, give up what basically give up my perception of job security at the bank and go do something for myself. That's really would be the advice I would give and, and, and go for it. Yep. Yep. Get, I, I like to call it choice freedom. I, uh, I was in corporate and yeah. I, I needed to get out just cause I needed to have, I needed to be free to make choices with my life. So, um, awesome. And that brings us to our final question, which is, you know, you've given us great advice and I'm sure people listening, watching want to reach out. So what would be the best way for them to uh, get in contact? Yeah, so I've got a website. It's expertwealthbuild.com. 
or they can shoot me an email at jason at expertwealthbuilder.com. And it, it's me. There's no robots. Uh, there's no paid receptionist or app. It, they'll, they'll get me. Perfect. Expertwealthbuild.com or Jason at expertwealthbuilders.com. I will oh, put uh, yeah, no S on the end. Builder. No yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, I will put that link in the show notes. So if anybody listening or watching wants to um, get in contact with Jason, you can go below and, and click through and say hi. Um, Gabe, if I could do a shameless plug, I, oh, I wrote two I wrote two Kindle books during COVID. Uh, if anybody wants a copy for free, I'm not charging. I will gladly. They're chock full of content. I wrote them because I'm passionate about the content. Um, if anybody wants a copy of those books, they can have them for free. Perfect, and they'll find that on your website, Expert Wealth Build. Correct. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Jason, again, thank you for hopping on. I, uh, I loved your story. Um, for everybody who is here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. Again, you are the reason that we do this. So thank you guys for being here. Um, again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Keep going, keep pushing on, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks, Gabe. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some actionable advice and insights that you can apply to your own life today. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, the best way to do so would just be to subscribe to the show and share this episode with your friends and your family. If you'd like to learn more about how to master your life by mastering your health, wealth, relationships, and spirit, head on over to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Keep living in integrity with yourself, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.